Awesome. So hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of She Med. I'm Sakai Parker, and today I'm here with Dr. Donna Wilkerson. So can you tell me a little bit about your medical specialty area and how long you've been practicing medicine? I am a general dentist. I have been in practice for 31 years this year. Um, I do general dentistry on adults and children, um, comprehensive dentistry, cosmetic, surgical, restorative. Mm -hmm. um, so why your specific specialty? Um, is that something you knew you always wanted to do or? Um, well, I decided when I was 13, my um, very close family friend is a general dentist here in Atlanta. And um, he was very kind in guiding me toward this career when I was 13. Okay, that's awesome. Um, so do you have any additional training outside of undergrad and medical school? Outside of undergrad, I, I went to four years of, of dental school, one year general practice residency, which is um, a residency to transition you from being in a supervised dental setting to private practice. Okay. Um, so I know earlier you talked about how you had a mentor around the age of 13 that got you into this field. Um, but at what specific moment did you decide you wanted to become a dentist? Um, and what experiences throughout your career affirmed that you chose the right career for you? Um, what specific experience? Um, I can remember my own dental appointments with um, our family friend, uh, Dr. Curtis Dilworth. And I was intrigued by the instruments, the procedures, the restorative materials, and my interest is what allowed him to allow me to shadow him um, when he was treating other relatives, my sisters, my parents. Um, and again, that was at age 13. Uh, confirmation for me, I suppose, is just how everything just fell into place from um, my getting accepted to dental school in first semester of my senior year and I got accepted to the school of my choice with scholarship. Um, I also performed well while I was in school. All of the teachers that poured into me were well respected in their uh, different fields of expertise and everything just kind of fell into place with very little drama and um, not necessarily little effort, but very little drama. Mm. And every day I am confirmed that this is the appropriate profession for me, just based on my patient feedback, my comfort and peace with what I'm doing, that I'm, all of that confirms for me that I chose the right field. Wow, that's amazing. I hope that I feel the same way about my mm -hmm. that I end up picking in the future. Um, so where did you go to undergrad and dental school? And then um, can you describe your experiences as a black woman studying STEM? Um, I went to Spelman College for undergrad. I was again, very fortunate that all of the advisors in the biology department, I majored in biology. All of my advisors and my teachers were all female. Um, I think I had two male teachers the entire time I was at Spelman. Um, and that was for math and for physics. 
but all of my other, I take that back three. And my chemistry teacher was male. My inorganic chemistry teacher was male, but all of my other teachers were female scientists. So um, that in itself is affirming because you see um, women in STEM performing well and at high levels. My advisor, Dr. Rena T. Jones was very um, supportive and nurturing, guiding me through what courses to take, when to take them. Um, and Spelman was just a perfect foundation for um, developing the study skills that you need in order to move forward. I went to Meharry Medical College with the flip situation. All my teachers were male, except for two. But um, all of the male teachers that poured into me were very, very supportive, not resentful of a woman trying to become a doctor, but very supportive. Um, one of my instructors would call me out of class. He was a surgeon. He would call me out of class to come watch him do a procedure. So I was fortunate that, again, the people who um, saw that this is what I wanted to do were very supportive in making sure that I was trained well. Mm -hmm. Wow. So in your job, how would you describe the experience as a Black woman physician um, today? Um, hmm. Medicine and dentistry still remain male-dominated fields, even though the tides are turning and enrollment is about equal, 50-50, um, in current um, medical and dental school enrollment. And some of this is, especially in dentistry, there are more women than men enrolled in school. I see, um, as a Black woman practicing dentistry, is... Um, not as challenging as you would think from a racial and um, gender perspective. The profession itself is challenging, but I see it no more challenging for me as a woman or as a black woman than it would be under any other circumstance. Your personality is what draws particular patients to you. Um, and your skill set is what make patients feel comfortable with the treatment that you, that you want to provide for them. So I see difficulty in our peer situations, but not necessarily in my practice of dentistry, if that makes sense. Because of the ratio of women to men in the profession, there is still sexism within the profession. But within my patient population, how I treat my patients, I see male and female patients, black, white, Hispanic, uh, Asian all day long. So that is not so much an issue as much as it is within the peer group. And I just think that's because of the tradition of it being a male dominated field that the men who enter in are, are still holding on to that mindset. And what is some, I guess, evidence that they're still holding on to this mindset? Um, just because of the nature of our auxiliary staff being mostly women, that they treat you like auxiliary staff. Not necessarily that 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 there is some something demeaning about being auxiliary, but it um, they're they're hesitant to believe that you are as capable, as skilled, as talented as they are. Have you noticed that? 
patients too, or mostly just other? Just in my peer group. I, I am a uh, practitioner in a group practice. So they're male and female um, doctors in my group. I do not experience that from my patients, only from the peer group. Um, so I have another question for you. Um, mm -hmm. Could you cite or think about any personal experience you've encountered with health disparities, whether that be a past patient you've had, a family member, or maybe yourself? Um, what I will say about health disparities, um, I have practiced all phases of dentistry. I've worked in private practice, group practice, public health, the prison system. So I have seen in my experience of working in public health that the majority of the people who seek the assistance of public health are minorities and women. Um, so there, there is something to be said about access to care in minority communities or in families led by women, uh, single parent homes led by women, um, that I believe that uh, the Affordable Care Act is making progress in closing that gap, um, but there still exists a significant gap as far as dental services are, are concerned because a lot of the Affordable Care Act addresses medical issues, but dental issues are considered elective. So there are many people that show up in our public health facilities that require free dental treatment um, in order to preserve their dental health. And they're not able to do it in any other way but a free dental clinic. Mm -hmm. That is an issue that we have to address that I don't believe the Affordable Care Act addresses significantly enough. Mm -hmm. Um, so why do you think our representation matters in a field that was not built with women like us in mind? I won't say that it wasn't built with women like us in mind. It wasn't built for women in general in mind. I think that medicine was always determined to be a male dominated field. Now, um, I think what makes the difference for um, women in general, but specifically women in color, our representation matters because we have a population that requires our assistance, that requires our skills, that requires our help in maintaining their health. So yes, we have to be present for that. We have to be accountable. We have to be in the number to make sure our people are well taken care of. I definitely agree. Um, so if you could give your younger self a piece of advice before embarking on this journey to dentistry, um, what would you tell her? Hmm. I would tell her to do as long as necessary in public health to remove the financial burden of debt incurred from dental school. It is very, very expensive. Mm. Um, I did not do long enough in public health to absolve all of my um, student loan debt. Mm -hmm. That is what I would tell her. Stay in public health as long as you can to absolve all your financial debt. Okay. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about your experience in public health? 
Um, I did public health in a um, free clinic and I did public health in a school-based dental program. The public health in the um, for pro not nonprofit clinic is called the Good Samaritan Clinic here in Atlanta. And they see people based on, um, based, they, they see people regardless of their ability to pay. We okay. do have a sliding scale um, based on your uh, income, but we see people regardless of their ability to pay. That um, uh, provided a wide range of services, restorative, preventive, um, some surgical, some uh, root canals. Mm -hmm. um, and we saw, like I said, the, the majority of Black, Latino, and women-headed household patients. Mm -hmm. The school-based program that I did for public health was a program that um, allowed for children in um, impoverished communities to receive free service as a part of their school um, um, nurse health program. So um, we did a lot of preventive for children, a lot of um, fluoride treatments, cleanings, um, some minor orthodontics to correct um, eruption patterns. Um, and we also opened it to the community to see people in the community who also were unable to afford dental care and that we did for free. That's amazing work. <laughs> so, now that the pandemic has really amplified a lot of public health issues and health equity, I guess, or health inequity issues, um, how do you see yourself in the midst of this and how can we begin to fix these disparities or continue to fix these disparities? I am in private practice. So again, with the dentistry, dentistry is considered an elective service, meaning, it's a service for people who have um, the means to afford it. So in a private practice setting, I um, am no longer um, restricted to just emergent care now that the bans have been lifted for COVID. I can see all of my regular patients. So dentistry is like i said always an elective service so our, the approach to healthcare inequities is a little different um because um you can be seen in the emergency room and have your dental emergency addressed right anything that requires uh restorative preventive um, rehabilitation or rehabilitation, cosmetic, all those things are considered elective. So as far as the pandemic goes, um, the services that I provide are elective. So I am now open to receive patients who would like to continue those services. Mm -hmm. And would you say that your practice has made other efforts to try to um, engage as many demographics in your services, or would you say that they mostly stick to regular patients? Um, my, my patient population, again, is very diverse and it spans across the metropolitan Atlanta area. I'm a part of a group practice. So our group practice um, has over 13 offices in the metropolitan Atlanta area. 
So we are able with over 50 doctors employed by the group practice. So we are able to accommodate a wide swath of patients across many demographics at one of our locations. So, um, and we provide specialty services as well. So I think that we are able to accommodate the community just based on the practitioners that we have available in our group and the services that we are off, able to offer to the general population. Got it. Um, and then my last question for you would be, um, what advice would you give um, young girls wanting to pursue medicine and dentistry, um, as well as how we can promote health equity in our own communities? I will give you the lecture that I give my daughter who I'm trying to convince to become a doctor. Um, there is a responsibility that we have to make sure that we care for our own. Um, and the only way that we can do that is if we are part of the solution and being part of the solution is doing the work that we need to do to be qualified and credentialed to be physicians and dentists in this country. It is very, very important that we are represented, that we are able to um, minister to our people, to all people, but specifically to our people who have been marginalized for a very long time and continue to be despite the presence of minorities in medicine and dentistry. So I would say stay focused on those things that will give you the ability to get the knowledge that you need, the study habits that you need in order to pursue this career. That is um, a worthy career, but it requires dedication, persistence, and perseverance and focus. It is not something that is unattainable. It's not something that is so difficult that you will be overwhelmed. You can do this if you focus and keep things in order. And we need you because there's a gap between my generation of physicians and dentists that have been practicing for 30 years and the newer generation, there's a gap. There's a significant gap because there was a decrease in enrollment for a long period of time. We're starting to see an increase now, but there still remains that gap that will require those like me to practice longer for those who are just coming out to catch up. So we need to make sure that our resources are fortified with new and young doctors. Um, and that starts now with your generation. Thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. I've learned, You're welcome. I've learned so much from you in just 30 minutes. Um, <laughs> I'm so thankful. You're welcome. And I wish you the best. Thank you so much.